The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. And we are live to tape here on the W2M Network. This is your 205 Live Review. My name is Harry Broadhurst. Good evening slash afternoon, depending when you're listening, everybody. And I am joined by my co-hostess with the mostest, Miss Liz Puglisi. Liz, good evening once again. Hello again. <laughs> it feels like we just did this. Oh. I'm, I'm getting a sense of deja vu all over again. Anyway. And as previously mentioned, you can find us here with the W2M Network online at www.w2mnet.com. If you are a fan of, well, besides wrestling, because obviously you're a fan of wrestling if you're listening to this, but football, video games, soccer, and all kinds of other things in the world of sports and entertainment, you can find discussion about it over on w2mnet.com. In addition, we are also being brought to you by 411mania.com, so we want to thank Larry and Ashish for doing that as well. Thank you very much, gentlemen. And what do you say we get into this week's 205 Live review, Liz? Let's do it. So Kalisto's the new Cruiserweight champion. Yay. Yeah, yeah, frickin' who? So I wouldn't mind it so much is that I don't really think it needed to be dedicated to Eddie just because it was on the anniversary of either his birth or his death. I really don't remember which one. So I'm a horrible fan. Birth. <laughs> I just, I don't know. To me, it should Eddie's be it. Birthday. Like, did, birthday. Okay, forgive me. Did did you give it to the Hispanic man because it's Eddie's birthday? Um, if you believe the report that came out on 411 after the show, yes. Yes, they did. I don't know how much I believe of anything I ever hear really online, but it just comes, whether you believe it or not, whether you believe any report you read or see online, it, it just seemed that way. Well, the problem to me, too, is the fact that, all right, and Sean and I kind of got into an argument about this yesterday. It it seems like, I'm mentioning Ray, I'm mentioning Eddie, cheer for me, damn it! Mm-hmm. Another way to get a Co- cheap pop. Yeah, it's basically the equivalent of saying the name of the city you're in. Mention Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero. Pop. Woohoo! I am the opposite. I, I, I wasn't a big fan of Rey's ever. I, I wasn't. I can't apologize for it. Just wasn't somebody I could ever get behind. Um, Eddie. <sighs> I loved Eddie. So. I, I love Eddie. Eddie. I like Rey. I loved Eddie. I liked Ray, but at the same time, I, I'm, I'm just sick and tired of them, of people of that heritage, constantly bringing up those names. Get over on your own accord. Kalisto is an amazing worker. He is just a god awful promo. I agree. I, I mean, I wouldn't. I would have you. You've seen in times in the past. Somebody out of the blue comes in, you know, wins a, a title of somebody, and they very rarely ever have an you know issue with it. I don't mind Kalisto um, winning. Like my opinion matters so much, really. But it's just that for me, it's so cheapened by the I did this for Eddie. If if Eddie had died like three months ago, okay, that's fine. Mm. I get it. 
See, I, 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 I disagree with that, and the reason I say that is because Rey Mysterio's Rumble winning title win in 2006 pissed me off for that very reason. But, it, I mean, for me, you know, it would still annoy me. I understand what you're saying, but at least it would be slightly more relevant. You know, it was it's still kind of fresh. Three months out, people, family, friends, diehard fans, they're still mourning. I mean, we still mourn years later, but, you know, adjusting to it, you know, whatever you want to call it. Back then, you know, three months out, whatever, it has a bit more, you know, relevance. Now it's like, you know, cheap hot. It's, for me, it doesn't matter what your background is. You know, there's others who, who have said, oh, I'm such a big fan of this one. I'm doing it for this one. I don't care. I really don't care. It, to me, it just, you know, it, it deadens it. It means, it make, for me, you, you'll lose my interest very quickly. Well, tonight on 205 Live, Kalisto came out basically spewing the same nonsense that he did last night about dedicating this win to Eddie, with it being Eddie's birthday yesterday, by the way. December, or November 11th was the death date. Just as a heads up, but um, so he was talking about the fact that it, he was talking about the fact that it was Eddie's birthday yesterday, and that for him to win the title on Eddie's birthday meant so much to him, and that he promises to bring honor and respect back to the title, unlike its former title holder Enzo Amore. Enzo proceeds to interrupt here, flanked by Arya Davari, because apparently Enzo apparently has supporters now after everybody hated him two weeks ago. Reasons and. They end up getting into an argument with each other. Uh, Kalisto actually kind of holds his own on the microphone against Enzo here, which I thought was nice for a change because he didn't have to rely on anything here. And he calls Enzo out on his hypocrisy, saying that he did he didn't do anything that Enzo himself wouldn't have done, taking advantage of a situation much the same way that Enzo won the title from King Neville by uh, kicking him square in the cojones. So eventually. Enzo and Arya Davari attempt to attack and double-team Kalisto. This works until Mufasa, who is the king, apparently, whereas Kalisto can't wait to be... I'm screwing up my Enzo references here. He talks way too much and way too fast. Mufasa, Mustafa, yeah, that, was, that one was entirely accidental. I'm going to be singing Mus- that song all night in my head now. And I'm going to beat you for it. Mustafa Ali makes the save, and that sets up the Teddy Long special for later in the show. As we come back from a commercial break to reveal that Kurt Angle has made that match for later on in the show. We'll talk about that match when we get to it. Rich Swan in the ring cutting a promo lets TJ Perkins know that their upcoming match scheduled for two out of three falls instead of one fall, one fall, comes at a cost. The cost being their friendship. There'll be no more handshakes, there'll be no more hugs, and there'll be no more friendship. Which means Rich Swan really needs to talk to Paul from Big Brother. That's I a good match. I don't watch I was, Big Brother, so the reference went I was expecting I was expecting a I was expecting a Big Brother pop there. Obviously I don't know my target demographic as much as I thought I did. Alright, moving on. Uh, Rich Swan and TJ Perkins, two out of three falls, your thoughts. I enjoyed it. I, I missed the fact at first that it was two out of um, three falls because my instant, my network was glitching for some reason. So I had seen the pin and I'm like, well, why is this still going on? But then, you know, they had said it. I enjoyed it. I don't, um, I think it may have went on a minute or two, you know, a little too long for my t- tastes, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought they told, you know, told the story. I'm, 
I give it a, you know, I, I, I like, I like both of them actually. So I thought it was were a decent su- match. Were you surprised it ended to nothing? Wait, I couldn't hear you, Harry. I'm sorry. You, you broke up. Yeah. I, I caught the case of the hiccups. Were you surprised it ended to nothing? Yes, but I also liked it. I mean, it was I think it becomes almost. It. I think it becomes oh. almost cliche for two out of three falls matches to go the full three falls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So I liked. I liked how they, you know, they changed it up. I think it made. I think it made um, Swan look really good. Well, and not to mention, I feel like uh, Rich Swan is going to be somebody that they're positioning to push back up the level of the cruiserweight division here now that the no-contact thing with Enzo has been broken by somebody else winning the title. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Swan eventually have a date with Enzo once Enzo gets the belt back, probably at tables, ladders, and chairs on the 22nd. All right, so backstage we go, and Enzo and Arya are having another conversation with Enzo once again talking more smack when they are interrupted by Drew Gulak, of all people. Gulak has actually stated that he somewhat sympathizes with the plight of Enzo Amore, so apparently Enzo's getting himself a little squad together in order to go after the Cruiserweight division in totality. I would like to see Gulak and, and Enzo on the same side. I think Gulak's um, look and personality will balance you know, Enzo pretty pretty nicely. The flash and sizzle that is Enzo, whereas you would have yeah. the stake of Gulak? I could see that. All right, so Akira Tozawa is making his way to the ring for his con- for his next contest. Who his opponent is, we never find out because Drew Gulak proceeds to beat his ass in the entranceway, including, <coughs> excuse me, including hitting Tozawa in the throat with his no chance sign. Unnecessary. How's a man supposed to ah, 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 if he's getting hit in the throat? Probably why he did it to make him stop. Yes, and that's the exact point that Nigel McGinnis raises on commentary too. So, <laughs> I like I like Gulak. I think I think he and uh, I think it'll be Tizawa. You know, they could. I think they'd be pretty good together. I want to hey, see Paul, a PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> hey Paul, are you still with us? Paul. Paging producer Paul Leeser. I'm here. I just have a mouthful of cookie. I'm trying to finish it before I open my mouth. (laughs) Unintentional comedy. Awesome. We come back with our next segment being Cedric Alexander talking about his feud with Jack Gallagher and... Still not done. The goddamn professional. Brian Kendrick, thank you very much. Uh, literally, that was the only reason I brought him on was for the goddamn professional. <laughs> that is a running joke here on 205 Live. Anyway, Alexander actually cuts a very good promo by his standards, in my opinion, here, talking about the fact that plotting and scheming is exactly what Kendrick and Gallagher do. But while they're going to be licking their wounds and coming up with the next plot for to take down Cedric Alexander, Alexander will be ready to thwart that one as well. What were your thoughts on Cedric Alexander's promo here, Liz? I thought it was really good. I haven't really heard him speak a lot, but it, I had kind of, I'll be honest with you, it was a little tired, so I was fading out, but it brought me back into it. I, 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 I like Cedric, so... I enjoyed hearing his his promo, and it actually got me interested in the next, you know, in the in the match. 
that was a little tired, but he did his job. He brought me back into it. A little surprised not to see Gulak, or not Gulak, excuse me, Kendrick or Gallagher at uh, 205 Live tonight. Um, I thought that it was odd that uh, Alexander only had the backstage promo, but at the same time, like I said, I thought that Alexander did an excellent job with his with his promo there. And it definitely has me more interested to see if, where they're going to go down the road and if Alexander's going to bring in anybody to help him thwart the attacks here. The obvious thought to me to thwart the attacks of Alexander, or not Alexander, of Kendrick and Gallagher would be Rich Swan, since Alexander and Swan have developed something of a friendship over the course of 205 Live as well. Would make sense. You'd have, and you'd have to think that Swan's ready to move on from TJ Perkins having just beating, having just beaten him two to nothing in that best out of the three falls match earlier tonight. But will TJ still keep going after him? Or do you think they're going to come up with something now? I mean, there's really not that many of them. You know, and then we see them, you know, do something on Roar, and then we get an hour with them. You know, so I, I can understand why there wasn't a match. You know, you, ha- you have to build up to something. You can't squeeze. If you squeeze everybody in, then. Well, I think the thing with that is, is the fact that since they had the two out of three falls match and two to nothing, that seemed to me like that should be closure on the Rich Swan TJ Perkins thing. No, I agree. And, I agree. But where does that leave TJ? Who does he... Um, that's a very good question and off the top of my head I can't think of anybody that immediately comes to mind for TJ Perkins I mean my belief would be maybe King Neville assuming the Neville leaving rumors are not accurate I can't see Neville leaving but I'd say that about everybody so I, I would be shocked if he was actually leaving see I can understand him being upset about the situation here but I don't think this is something that he would leave over at least I would I mean, hope, because Neville is somebody who I thoroughly enjoy, and I think that they have bigger, better plans for him than being on 205 Live. Yeah, I can definitely see Neville being moved over to one of the one of the main shows. Which one? I don't know. Um, but I, yeah, I, I don't think – I'm sorry. I, I don't think he would leave over that. I mean, wrestling, like I say, is, is you know, goes, it's, goes in circles. So his time, I think, would definitely come again. I would think that Neville would end up on Raw in the Intercontinental title division. Me and Paul have actually talked about this when I hosted the show with Paul when uh, Sean was sick that week. And we talked about the fact that we could totally see Neville as the challenger for Miz's IC title. Oh, I would love that. There are a lot of people who want more for Neville. Whether or not they see more for Neville is the question. And if they don't see more for Neville, that could explain the actions of the last couple of days here with the rumors of Neville asking for his release. You know, I, I would think that there, there would have to be more to it than just that. I mean, Neville really didn't lose that long ago, you know. So, uh, I, great balls. The uh, No Mercy pay per view. Right, but still, in the grand scheme of things, it's not that long ago that he was, you know, the, the two hundred five champ, the cruiserweight champ, rather. Excuse me. So I don't think he's like, oh, it's been, you know however long it's been and um, nothing's ever going to happen, you know, unless they told them, Oh, Hey, we need you to, you know, take a break or blah, blah, blah. We're going to repackage you somehow. Maybe sure. Then he got frustrated, but in the grand scheme of things, it really has not been that long. I could see somebody saying, well, this is, you know, ridiculous. It, 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 he would really sound like a, you know, a real diva at that, at that point, 
in the grand scheme of things, it has not been that long. So I no, think, and I, I think, yeah. And I agree with that. The fact is, is that he just lost the title to Enzo at No Mercy. What I think it might be is the fact that maybe he feels like the cruiserweight division is forgetting about him, and that makes him upset because it kind of insults his ego with the fact that Neville's carried the cruiserweight division since January, and now they're moving on from him, and they don't really have anything else planned for Neville. And I can understand him being upset about that. Rather or not, that's the case. This is all purely speculation. So, Or he has a crazy idea that's happened before. Somebody actually just wants to take some time off, maybe go home and see their family. And it was approved, and they're not going to be around for a little bit, so everybody thinks they're leaving. We'll see. It happened a few times with Barrett. He was he had visa issues a few times, and he was in England. Oh, he, I mean, eventually, obviously, he did, but long before any of that, it was, oh, he left. He actually was released. There was a you know big fight. We don't know. You know, maybe he did. We'll find out. Well, I'd like to talk about Barrett, but I'm afraid I have some bad news. (laughs) Well, I'm just using it as an example, you know, of how people blow everything out of proportion. Main event time as Kalisto and Mustafa Ali take on the team of Enzo Amore and Arya Davari. We end up seeing Kalisto pin Arya Davari center ring with Salida Del Sol to once again stand tall for the second time in his many nights here. Like, I get what they're trying to do with Kalisto, and they've been looking for their next Hispanic superstar for years now, especially mm-hmm. after the Alberto Del Rio thing didn't pan out the way that they had planned it. Some of that falls on Del Rio, some of that falls on management, some of that falls on staff backstage mouthing off about things they shouldn't mouth off about. But regardless, Del Rio didn't work out the way that they had planned it to. They're still looking for that next breakthrough Hispanic superstar like they had with Ray, like they had with Eddie. And they feel like Kalisto could be that guy. And while I agree in the ring Kalisto could be that guy, outside of the ring, as far as promo abilities and stuff, he's just not. He doesn't connect to a crowd the way that Eddie or Ray did. Now, there's no... I love watching him in the ring. I always have. And, you know, he, he definitely needs some work with, you know, his promo skills. And I've always wondered, it's like, is it just practice? Or, you know, do they work with somebody? You know, what? What is going to, you know, what is going to make them better? Maybe some people will get better over time. You know, maybe they won't. I mean, it's happened. But... I don't know. You're right. Think, you just, there's no connecting. Well, I think the question becomes is how much of that does the scripting, the scripting that they do, and possibly the excessive scripting that they do, hamper or hinder talent as far as being able to develop their own personalities here. I mean, we talked about this on the Raw review last night that Kalisto's been pretty much talking about how Ray and Eddie were his idols ever since he came into the WWE. It's not something that he should have been saddled with. I know I wanted to bring that up um, earlier. How much of him saying this is because it's his idea and how much of it is, oh, let's get you connected with all these other fans because all people that loved Eddie and Ray, you know, will get behind Mm -hmm. you now. Or that's the hope anyways, without realizing that it's going to turn off just as many fans who are sick of such character related blasphemy. Like, I'm going to make a bold statement here, and I don't care if anybody disagrees with me. This is my honest opinion of this. Kalisto is at least as good of a worker as Rey Mysterio Jr. was. Oh, I agree. 
He is just not on a personality level where he connects with the fans like Ray did. Ray had that connection with the kids in the audience. Ray had that connection with the people that watched him in WCW. They knew who Ray was. Kalisto's just this flash-in-the-pan guy that came in from the indies as uh, Samurai Del Sol and then got turned into Kalisto by the WWE's marketing machine. Right. He was part of the tag team, the Lucha Dragons, and then he became a single when Sin Cara decided, they decided to split them up in the brand split here. The point being that Kalisto doesn't have this background that they can build off of, so they try to pigeonhole him into this thing with Eddie and Ray without allowing him to develop his own personality. And frankly, I think it's doing just as much to hinder him as it is to help him. I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. You know, it, he's... I mean, just because he's Hispanic doesn't mean, you know, he's them, obviously. Um, it really, you know, it just does nothing, you know, for me. I just, you know, I roll my eyes. But he doesn't, like we said, you know, connect. And I think actually, to go into Enzo for a second, that's one of the reasons he, as many people feel, not correctly so in the position he is. Besides, I mean, Enzo's good on the mic. We can all, you know, all agree with that. I Think I kind of think he's fully into my Uso territory where he's saying the same thing over and over, um, using the same lines over and over, more so than than necessary. But if you follow, and I know you're not on social media, if you follow him on social media, he interacts with the fans a lot, especially the kids. You know, he's always out there in the um, outside the arenas or when fans stop him, he's always Snapchatting and this and other thing you know, where he is. He's always interacting with the younger kids. So that's going to translate with the parents who watch too, because they're going to buy hit the kids, you know, his merchandise. So I mean, is it exposing them also to more on the outside to the fans, having them interact somehow, having them do, you know, some type of media or event to have them, you know, connect with fans that way. I mean, there's more than one I- way to do it. I feel like that wouldn't be the worst idea with Kalisto to get him in front of the younger fan base and market him more towards that kid fan base here because a lot of these kids that they're trying to advertise these luchador masks to, like the Kalisto masks to, a lot of the kids that they're going to ma- try to advertise these masks to, they're not going to know who Rey Mysterio Jr. is. And they do a lot of stuff, especially when they come to New York and different areas. They do They have the whole, I don't know if they still do it, I'm sorry, you know, the be a star. I know they do the reading programs. They go to the inner city schools. Okay. Send the guy that legitimately speaks Spanish because like when they're here in New York and you go to the schools, a lot of our young students are Hispanic. They speak the language at home. Send the person that they're going to connect to the most. It'll translate over on TV. That's my opinion. Yeah. I feel like there are other things that they could be doing with Kalisto in order to try to get him to connect to the younger fan base or even to the older fan base, rather than having him constantly play the Ray and Eddie card. And as I mentioned earlier, and as we talked about in the wrestling chat for on Facebook with the W2M group on Facebook, our own personal wrestling staff chat, there, getting really sick and tired of them force feeding Kalisto these lines, or if he's doing it on his own, he really needs to stop and develop his own personality. Agreed. Like I said, the guy in the ring is money. The guy in the ring can do no wrong, in my opinion. I love watching him wrestle. And that no handspring back kick that he oh. does is one of the most gorgeous moves in professional wrestling. Absolutely. I get nervous every time he does it because I'm worried he's going to Hayabusa himself. But at the same time, it is just so beautiful to see him do it. It looks flawless. 
And then that low that low distance Rana slash Spike Rana driver that he just uh, does as well is also very pretty as a follow up too. I mean, he's got the move set. He has the ability. He has the opportunity to be something flashy in the ring. Don't pigeonhole him by what you think he should be. Let him be who he is. Yeah, yeah let him grow. Let him grow. All right, so that's going to put a bow on this one, Liz. Scale of 1 to 10, what do you got? Seven and a half. Okay. Um, yeah, I enjoy, out of the three shows, Raw put me to sleep. I fell asleep during it. I could not even tell you what happened on half of it. I didn't even bother to read a review. Apologies to anyone. Um, well, that's okay because you can listen to my review. You can listen to my review with Gary I'll, here on the W. I'll, I'll listen to I'll listen to yours and Gary's. If you ask me what happened with the Shield, I can tell you everything. Anything else? Forget about it. Um, <laughs> anger, no, it's true. It's true. I'm not going to lie. Um, I out of, the, out of the three shows, I enjoyed you know two hundred five the most because of the again, like I said last week, the amount of wrestling, you know. The backstage, I thought all the interview stuff was was very good, and I enjoy, I enjoyed I enjoyed the matches. I think two hundred five live has the advantage of only having an hour runtime, so it has less to pack into the time frame that it gets to. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. I'm going to go a little bit lighter than you are because I thought SmackDown was better than 205 Live this week, so I'm going to go with a 7. But at the same time, both were significantly better than Raw this week, in my opinion. The Kalisto, like I said, the Kalisto stuff annoys me. It embarrasses me. It almost enrages me to a point. And I use some very choice wording inside of the the wrestling (laughs) staff. I'm sure you saw it. But, um... All in all, the guy's an amazing worker, and if you want to have the belt on somebody that can work the style of the cruiserweights, there are a few better options than Kalisto, in my opinion. Enzo Amore is the perfect one to put it on. Enzo Amore is doing exactly what Enzo is saying he's doing for 205 Live. People may like Enzo, people may hate Enzo, but people are watching because of Enzo. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. And some of it goes back to what I said earlier. He connects, you know, with the fans, not just on the TV, but outside of it. You know, he, I think he kind of, to a degree, you know, lives his character. There's hundreds of videos out there of him doing his crazy little dance with the kids, you know? So it it, it translates over. They're going to watch it and it's going to make the parents watch it. Or, you know, I, my nephew used to watch it with me, you know, my nephew was into him. I would pay more attention to it because I, you know, want to connect with my nephew. So it all works out. And not to mention, I think you also had the benefit of Two of Live having the best match of the three shows this week on television in Rich Swan versus TJ Perkins. Definitely. Definitely. So all considered, I don't have any real complaints about 205 Live as far as the overall in-ring product goes. I wish more people would watch it and give it a chance because the shows are actually very entertaining. Unfortunately, there's also this con- this preconceived notion when it comes to the Cruiserweights that they're not able to work to the level or they're not able to entertain to the level that the main rosters do. And it's frankly, it's a crock. These shows are just... On a weekly basis, the on a weekly basis, these shows are just as good as anything most of the main roster is putting out. No, definitely. Like I said, at the time I've been watching it, and I'm not going to lie, I haven't been watching it since it started. I would be more familiar with them for what they were doing on, you know, Roar, and I would catch, you know, clips here and there. It's 
definitely, as far as wrestling goes, nine times out of ten, the best of the three shows. Before you finish, let me ask you a quick question. Do you think it also suffers because it's switch, you have to switch over to the network after SmackDown? Do you think it would be better if it was taped for the network and then shown at a specific time? Because now you get into like 10 yes. o'clock, a lot of the kids are going to sleep, blah, blah, blah. Yes. And this is a conversation we've had on this show many times before in regards to the uh, placement of 205 Live. I think they would be better served putting 205 Live down at full sale. And when they do 205 Live, they do uh, you could do NXT down at Full Sail as well, and then you can air them in a two-hour block on Wednesdays. Have them go from 8 to 10 on Wednesday nights. Have two, NXT stay at its 8 p.m. Tuesday night time slot and have uh, 205 Live air at 9 p.m. On, on Wednesday nights. Excuse me. See, that sounds perfect to me. Because people are already going to be on the network to watch NXT anyways. If they're watching NXT, odds are they'll probably stick around to watch 205 Live. The crossovers between the two brands have happened constantly. You always see people from the Cruiserweight division on NXT television, especially after the Cruiserweight Classic ended. And there are people that are on NXT as well that would fit right into the Cruiserweight division should they decide to go that direction with them. Makes sense. I I think it loses because... I don't think 205 has, that sounds stupid, I don't think it has the, the, the younger fan base. I think the older fans, you know, our age, a little bit younger, are watching it, whereas not the, the you know, the younger kids, the, the, the elementary school kids, the middle school kids, even, you know, the high school fans, because they got to be up the next day to go to school. Yeah, especially not at 10 p.m. on the East Coast. Right. All right, I do believe that's going to do it for us, Liz. Anything you want to plug before we get on out of here? No, I have nothing. All right, well, we'll have to find you something to plug. But what I will plug is tomorrow night here on the W2M Network, myself, Brandon Biscabing, and Stephen Err III bring you the kickoff week six as we cover all things related to what's going on in the worlds of the NCAA's college football as well as the National Football League. That is the kickoff here on the W2M Network. In addition... Myself and Patrick Ketzel will be back at you this Sunday night as we take another trip across the pond to cover Revolution Pro Angle versus Sabre as the main event is exactly what the title says it is in one of his final independent wrestling matches. Kurt Angle takes on the Wonder Kid, Zack Sabre Jr. That is this Sunday night on Wrestling Unwrapped. So, for our producer, the goddamn professional, Paul Leeser, and my new co-hostess with the mostest, Liz Puglisi, I'm Harry Broadhurst. You have been listening to the 205 Live Review here on the W2M Network, available online at W2Mnet.com, and also available on 411mania.com. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you next Tuesday night. The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment.